Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 82. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have Josh McLean. Josh is a blue belt from Hobsomora and the owner of Dogtopia of West Chase, a dog daycare located in Tampa, Florida. He talked about being passionate about your business. He shared the struggles that he and his wife found at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey. And my takeaway from the interview came when he shared about finding your strengths and focusing on it which inspired me to title this episode, Find Your Strength. Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I share with you my experience with the book Josh recommended. Stay tuned right after Jiu-Jitsu Tribe's message. Woos. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe, formerly Live Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu Tribe supports social projects who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to pay for their monthly expenses and facility makeovers. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Jiu-Jitsu Tribe. For more information, please visit www.jujitsutribe.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Josh McLean. Josh is a blue belt under Hobson Moore. Josh grew up in Tampa, Florida. He moved to Orlando and attended University of Central Florida, getting a degree in early childhood education. He knew early on he wanted to do something rewarding. He taught pre-K for kids with special needs for a while. Josh also had a burning desire to travel and see the world. So February 2007, he picked up everything and decided to take a risk and move abroad to teach. He ended up in Buenos Aires, Argentina, where he would end up meeting his future wife, Allie. He spent seven years living abroad. He eventually moved back to Tampa with his wife, Allie, and their dog, Pancho, a cute and full of energy mutt whom they found on the streets in Buenos Aires. Upon moving back, they reflected on how much joy and happiness Pancho brought into their lives and decided to open up Dogtopia of West Chase. They love that Dogtopia believes dogs aren't just animals. They're part of the family because that's exactly how they feel about Pancho. After visiting several Dogtopia locations, they were excited they could offer dog lovers a peace, the peace of mind that their dogs would be taken care of and loved in a safe, clean, and cozy home away from home when they can't be with their dog. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gustavo. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. Yes, yeah, so we had a pleasure to um, to see each other in a few different uh, occasions. With being in Tampa, or you coming here to to Arizona? Exactly. And also, I, I listen. I had a blast in Arizona. Your school is amazing. Um, the staff is amazing. It was just a really great time and a good atmosphere. So I thank you again for letting me come up and train. Right on. So, how did you just show up in your life? Um. So I, I always liked grappling from, you know, I, I grew up in the 80s, grew up around, you know, 
the wrestling on TV. And I always kind of liked grappling and like sports and uh, wrestled a little bit in high school. Um, and then kind of just life went on. And uh, when I was in Orlando um, in college, uh, I had a friend, this is kind of like pre-computer stuff uh, when computers were first, first just getting out there and um, VHS, uh, all that kind of old school stuff. And he um, showed me first all these old pride VHS tapes and uh, just kind of grainy with all like the bad quality and just immediately fell in love. Um, and it funny, it wasn't until Dogtopia opened up, um, just happened Hobson's HQ is in the same plaza as Dogtopia. And um, it was a natural fit. And it was something that, you know, once we got you know, our feet wet with Dogtopia, I was like, I'm ready to, you know, start the BJJ journey. And um, so that kind of that kind of just all worked out. And um, back in you know the Orlando times, we didn't really know about you know there was BJJ around us. Like even though there were schools in Orlando, it was pre-internet, so you just didn't really have the access to oh, there's a school here, there's a school here. So would have liked to start earlier, but glad to have you know the opportunity to start now. Yes. And how do you feel jujitsu relate to life? Um, it's it's a lot like life. I mean, you get. Um, you know, your ups and downs in life, your ups and downs in jujitsu. Um, especially for me, um, it's made me, you know, just think in a calmer sense. So decision-making, you know, stepping back, not getting like in the moment when you have that angst or that, you know, just step back, let's, let's reevaluate things. So in that sense, it's really helped me out um, in the business end. Better choices in life. So better, whether it be like, like I said, with uh, business, with health, that sort of stuff, because you start to get in a rut. And then if you start going down, and in my example, um, uh, we opened up Dogtopia West Chase. My wife and I had our first kid. So it was a lot of 90-hour work weeks and not taking care of my body. And I was always athletic. Um, so just getting back into jiu-jitsu was like making better choices with food, making better choices with, you know, sleep and all the things that are important in life. And, um, and it gives you that, like, if you can do jujitsu, you can do anything. So you have your good days, you have your bad days when you want to train, when you don't want to train, but you just get up and you go and you train and you grind through it. And that's like life. You know, you're going to have your good days in business. You're going to have your bad days. You're going to have that. You just got to show up. You put the work in, you know, you have the right mindset and you can accomplish anything. Yeah, so now, as I mentioned during the, um, your intro about how we came, you know, the, the Octopia came, came about when bringing a dog back from when you're living in Argentina. So I was going to ask more about, like, about the spark of, you know what, I think I would like to work with this area. So how they came about, you know, the idea of, you know, having your own Doctopia. Um, so... Early on in college, I, 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 like I said, I went to school at University of Central Florida, uh, got my degree in early child education. I worked with special needs kids. I always wanted to open up a preschool for special needs kids. That was where it kind of first started. The, the whole of just working for yourself, having that freedom. Um, and then the industry itself is very female dominated. I was the only male in my whole graduating class. Um, so being in the field, there were a lot of pitfalls where it was just, it was hard being a male in the field. A lot of prejudices, a lot of, you know, why is a young 22 year old kid want to work with little kids and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, 
but it always back in the head, like I'm a nurturer. That's what I do. I'm a teacher. That's what I want to do. So when I was in Argentina, uh, my wife was a lawyer. Um, I, w- I went to go teach abroad special needs, um, but ended up having to teach English. Um, so she, there was a dog at her uh, doorstep getting out of the rain, a little puppy. She called me up. Hey, do we want a dog? Yes, let's do it. So we brought Pancho, we rescued him, ended up bringing him back um, to Tampa. And she was going to be a lawyer. I was going to go back to teaching. And it was one of those things where, wait a minute, you know, like, do we really want to do this? Do we really want to, like, what's important to us? And that's when, okay, Pancho changed our life. And then seeing that you can make a difference in dogs' lives, just like kids' lives, it kind of related the same way. So it was kind of like, let's do it. Let's take a chance. And um, so I didn't teach. She didn't become a lawyer. And then we decided, okay, let's go. And then we went and looked for all the dog, dog daycares and stuff like that to see, you know, which one was best fit us. And that's when Dogtopia, everything that they did was for the betterment of the dog, for the health of the dog. And it just kind of was a natural fit for us. I don't, I just got back from Brazil a, a few days ago. We're recording this in December, 2019. And man, it, uh, my wife was with me too for a few days in uh, different areas. And it just, I'm used to, but it still sucks. But for her it was uh, not good. Just the amount of like stray dogs, you know, and uh, in the street that is so rough and see like so many of them. It's like, uh, for people who don't know, I do have, uh, three dogs and two cats so it's a scene here but um but yeah i mean it's heartbreaking to see uh, some of those dogs and i even uh one of my friend went to give me a ride um the, the data was i uh, was leaving and then this dog just came out of nowhere just like sat just right next to me you know what i mean like and that was like 5 30 a.m and it was like broke my heart that like i took a picture i'm showing her like man <laughs> It's so rough, you know. Um, but it, you know, it's nice that you're able to to grab one and, and bring it back with you. You know what I mean? Well, so. it's it's he's a family member. I mean, and and you see, like like you said, living abroad and like living in Argentina, you see all of you know, it, it's it's very similar to Brazil. I mean, you yeah. see all of the strays and all of the, you know. But there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good work out there, which is that's good. Mm-hmm. And how was the mindset at the moment that? you you guys decided to open this because of course i always mention it it can come with a lot of like fears and doubts uh so how was the mindset back then oh i was shaking in my boots because (laughs) you know it's um like the stability of lawyer teacher you know what you're gonna get that you know bing 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 so just to like kind of all right we're gonna throw everything in the wind we're gonna you know be passionate. This is what we want to do. Being the first Dogtopia in Florida, it was nervous. I mean, I was super nervous about, am I going to, am I good enough to succeed? Can I succeed? We don't know a lot about business because we're, you know, this was a business for passionate people, leave the business end to us, Dogtopia, and just be passionate, love dogs. So all of those nerves of, you know, a big investment, this you know this fear but at the end of the day it's what are you passionate about what do you want to do and we truly you know believe like you know this this dog changed our lives and if we could change the lives of others and enrich dogs you know make their lives better you know it's a win-win so we just said let's do it and we kind of thought on it and talked about it and um we're like all right let's go and we just kind of jumped both feet in and 
you know, here we are now. And what did you say during this journey? What has been some of the toughest entrepreneurial experience that you have? Let's say uh, like uh, something that you maybe you didn't know or found out through, yep, mistakes or we're not like so far, what has been some of the, the tough things and what did you learn from it? So the biggest thing was um, our first year. Our first year, um, corporate was out of uh, Maryland. Um, we bought into that, uh, you know, don't need to be business savvy. We'll take care of the business end. You be passionate. Well, in our first year, corporate restructured to actually out by you in Phoenix. Um, so we were kind of left on our own to our own devices. And it was, I meant, an extremely frightening time because we have a good portion of my nest egg into this business. We're supposed to be getting all the support because it's a franchise. And then we were just kind of left on, you know, like who's in charge of this, who's in charge of this. Every week we we're getting different advice from different people that, and we were just losing money and losing money. And the investment was more and it was more. And we were just so far into it that, you know, the, the horizon didn't look good. And it was when we just kind of like felt lost and, you know, my wife and I just kind of sat back and said, listen, you know, there's no excuses, you know, so we're not business savvy. We need to get into business. We need to learn it. And that's when we just decided, you know, 90 hour work weeks, we're going to do everything. We're going to learn the business. And it was a hard year. It was a very, very hard year. And, um, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of people didn't last that year, um, in the franchise, but it, um, uh, we just kind of put our heads down, worked at it and then just, you know, proceeded and we got to where we knew the business inside and out we saw some of our mistakes advertising we didn't know anything about advertising so we were just throwing money at okay what works that works let's try this let's try this let's try this so you know learning a lot about that end of the business was huge in that first year and that's kind of helped us in year two three and four and now we're in our fourth year um so but that first year was probably the hardest time entrepreneurial because you know we're just we were there we had everything invested and it was just like all right and you know we got through it through so hard was, work so what are some of the actions that you had to take you know when you had the moment that you know what we need to learn so did you guys look for what for books for coaching for seminar what did you guys what kind of help did you guys look for because this is so important what you're saying that, that many listeners might be in the same situation of business right now they're like dude i'm struggling i don't know what to do i mean at times that you're going to need some professional help or you're going to dig in and find find a way so, so what's some of the actions that you guys took um just like you said um books on specific things of like marketing what are some good marketing and then reaching out and to like, you know, because once you're in, you're interact with your clients, it becomes like a family, just like jujitsu. So, so our, our clients are like a family. So then you start knowing, Oh, you do marketing. Help me out. Tell me what I should do. So just getting as much knowledge as you can, because if you stop learning or stop the desire to learn, then you, then it's over and it, it's over. So we just reading books, seminars, um, my stepfather, um, an incredible man, incredible man, uh, was vice president of us steel back in the eighties. Um, really mentored us on, you know, the business end of it and, and knew that we were green and just kind of like baby steps on, you know, look, try this, try this, 
try this. And once we got to the realization, can't feel sorry for yourself, you know, because we were at that, that first year, we're like, oh man, you know, I wish we would have came in last year and then mm -hmm. seeing the next year. So you just got to stop feeling sorry for yourself, get in, do the work, learn as much as you can. And that's when being passionate about what you do helps. Because if I wasn't passionate about this and I had that first year, uh, why would I stay? There's no reason for me to stay. But I truly love what we do. And I truly love Dogtopia that we're going to make this work. And then that kind of like self-pity part, you, 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 everyone has it during those hard times. But you just got to buckle up your bootstraps, get in, do the work, and, and learn as much as you can. Be willing to adapt because that's the thing. You have to adapt because what may have worked 30 years ago doesn't work today. So learn adapt and then just where you can pull as much knowledge from all your resources pull and that's with like you said go like reading books getting a mentor all those things really helped us you know get on the right path and a similarity to that scenario comes with to jujitsu is the humility to accept that you know what um i need help you know like i need i need to open my mind you know and take the humble pill kind of dry you know, and, and like, <laughs> swelling kind of hurts, but having the, if you, if you don't have the humility to ask for help and then you're going to go out of business. And I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's fact. So being able to go there and look for, I'm a big fan of just, uh, professional help. There's someone there, there's someone out there that knows more than you man, go look for the help because uh, otherwise you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over. You know what I mean? And that's pretty much the definition of insanity, like yeah. doing the same thing and getting the same results. And that's, I mean, and that's something that I've always had in me is, you know, if I need help, ask for help. Because why would you want to just struggle and struggle when there's so many people out there who have been through it and been through the problems so that if you can learn from them to the minimize yours, because you need those, you need those, but need those, but you need those, but you need those that first year to get to where we were this year. Because if everything was roses that first year, I don't think we would be where we are at right now. So we needed that first year. And then we just needed to pull from all those resources, like you said, and then learn from it and implement them. Yeah. And one thing that this is for, other entrepreneurs out there, of course, there, there's a lot of free information out there, you know, free courses, all kinds of stuff. But I feel that sometimes people are hesitant of investing in their learning and their knowledge of whatever uh, courses, seminars, mentors, and stuff like that. And they see it as an expense, not as an investment. And uh, when I look back at some of the investments that I made, uh, even some of my friends would be like, dude, you're out of your mind. And they'd be like, no, 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 you are out of your mind, not investing. You know what I mean? So I feel that sometimes people get in. And here's the thing, too, though. Uh, it happened with friends of mine. They're like, yeah, one time I hired this guy and it wasn't good. I'm like, dude, it's not because you hired one professional wasn't good that every, you know, everyone else is going to work. You're going to have... <laughs> a bad experience it just happened that maybe you know it got, it, there's so many times that uh, people that are hired for service or whatever that was straight on the toilet you know what i mean they're like well oh, yeah that did not work but eventually you get some people that actually it did work you know what i mean 
and you learn and you learn from okay what didn't work about this this what what did, why didn't we mesh here and you learn from that and you go to the next one like you said and then you know eventually it clicks so you're 100 percent right about um you know about that yeah and uh you mentioned too that maybe if you didn't go through what you guys did in the first year maybe you wouldn't be where you're at right now you know so you guys had to really go through that struggle to learn and go from uh, grow from it and that's something that i i bring it up a lot in the podcast that i think over the years every year i'm being doing my best to be more and more aware of of not labeling things you know uh negative or positive just experiences that happen i know that undesired outcomes they're going to happen you know mm-hmm. like the time that he went went through that struggle yeah it's an undesired outcome but when you look back you know four years later it's kind of like you know what it was a blessing that this uh, this happened because now it took me to a different level but when it happened it sucked so we can label as negative but and this is for like anyone that when you look back and a lot of undesired outcomes that that happen uh and then we're you know sad or 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 mad or something about it and then when it's up to think about it years later I'm like, Man, so glad that that happened you know and i do my best to think i know it's, it's hard when an undesired outcome happened like that but i just do my best to catch myself and say like that's an experience that's all that is and time will tell what that is you know and like you said there's always pluses to the outcome so the plus for us was that's invaluable experience the getting your hands dirty, getting in the rooms, work in the rooms, work in the front, work and all that, all stuff, hands-on work that you can't get from. So even though that was categorized as a bad experience, it actually was a good growing experience for us. So we got to learn from that. And to touch back on your like paying for the help, I totally agree because it's, you know, experts that succeed in a certain field, if you want to get better at it, you know, think about, how much I was thinking about just with marketing. I have a friend who's doing really well and I'm going to take her courses, but you got to be ready like in your life to take that course because mm-hmm. you don't want to waste that kind of money for that. But if you see it as how much money am I going to make because I'm more knowledgeable in X, Y, and Z because of this, I mean, it's like, I said, it's no brainer that these things are vital for the growth of your business. Mm-hmm. So now, what did you say? We do have a lot of listeners who, man, I say this all the time. With I was having some conversations already this week with some students who uh, sometimes some of them are like steady, good, uh, let's say good pay, but they're not really happy where they're at. They wish they're doing something else. And some of them wish they hadn't had some type of business or something, but they kind of like, uh, you know how it is. It's, it's, it's tough to do the leap, you know, of trust. Like, okay, yeah. uh, I totally get it. But what would you share with people who have been in, in a situation that they're not happy where they at professionally and they, they wish to be doing something else? Change your situation because we're all in charge of our own destiny. Like you can sit and wallow in the situation and nothing's going to happen. You can take, like we just said, you can look at a situation and always point out the negative points and nothing's going to happen. So change your situation. You know, be great. Be passionate about what you do. And if you change that situation, it's going to fall into place. 
a good analogy that it was funny that I, I was just, it was a sports guy, but he was talking about a, a professional football player and um, he didn't give the name and he said, okay, he gave all these stats about good stats and he's about player A. And then he gave all these bad stats about player B. And he goes, now, which one would you want on your team? And everyone's got like, player A, player A. He's like, well, it's the same player. And it's just the way you interpret the thing. So if you just focus on that negative all the time and you let those distractions eat you away, you're never going to get out of your situation. You just got to change the situation, take a good look internally, because that's what's the hardest part is taking that good look internally, having someone there to call you out on your, you know, your faults and this and that. Uh, because if not, it's just going to fester and fester. And then by the time that's, it's over. So you have the ability to change. You just need to make that change, whether it be learning more about the business, taking courses, changing staff, whatever it is, you can change it. You just have to want to change it. Yeah. And one thing that I have mentioned here in the podcast too, is that because sometimes people say like, man, I, I really don't know. I like where I like to go or what I like to do. And I said, that, that's totally fine. But maybe start with what you don't want to do. You know, so if you're like, you know what, this is not the type of environment that I want to work or this, this and that, just at least try to eliminate, you know what I mean, little by little. And, and again, it's not something that necessarily some people are able to pull it off, but not necessarily you'd be able to just like, okay, I'm quitting, I'm doing something else, but slowly slowly getting the process of I was having this conversation last night saying that um, number one not, it's not going to be easy if you're easy to go after goals and dreams everyone would be doing would be going after so it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not that simple but uh, if you're willing to put an extra time that I mean like hey if maybe this area that you're trying to work requires some extra education what that is maybe well when you're done from work and then you're gonna have to put some extra hours to start improving and there's one of the quotes from jim rome that i mentioned he probably almost like uh every episode is um that work full-time on your living and part-time on your dream and one day with a lot of you know persistence and and patience and dedication this part-time can become your full-time and then you little by little do the transition to do what you want if if you're not like just kind of cut in in my life that's kind of how it happened uh just just from moving from brazil and not being able even to start not, not even working with jiu-jitsu as soon as i moved to the u.s and eventually an opportunity and then it was jiu-jitsu was my part-time and eventually got to a point that i make full living just with jiu-jitsu but uh, every person is going to have different situ you know, situations and opportunities also for it. But this is something to take in consideration. It's not necessarily if you feel that you're not ready to just bail and, and start something else. Start slowly. And the issue, too, that I, I was talking again with someone last night, and I said, you got to think about that your goal is in the top of the mountain. And you just think that, you know, like, I know what I want. Eventually, I will get to the top of the mountain. I don't know how long it's going to take, uh, how nice and smooth the ride and the climb is going to be for you to get there. Because sometimes you're going nice and smooth, and then suddenly 
you just mm -hmm. slide and, and then oops i uh, gotta start again and i think that's something that uh i think naturally i had is just like well i, I kind of want to do that and I'm like well it's just a matter of time and that i eventually get there and but the problem is sometimes people have some big goals and big goals and dreams and they just stop and focus and look into the top of the mountain and say like, man, I'm so far from it. You know, that they're like, I don't even know if I can get there. I'm not even going to start this climb. And they end up not climbing at all. You know, so it's just as, as long as they understand that no helicopter is going to pick them up and drop them on the top, you know, that is part of, of that or all the bad weather you're going to have to face and all the unexpected things going to happen this climb. Uh, I think that's a good way to see it, you know? One good book that um, I read, and like, like you said, in describing this beginning time of like, what do I want to, what am I good at? What do I want to do? And it's a popular book. It was um, from Tom Rath called Strength Finder. And it basically, you know, hones in on what you are, like what, what makes you tick. And I learned that I'm an includer. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, so, then you can get on what are your strong personalities and then you can then figure out, okay, what field is good for this type of a person? So it was good clarity for someone who was in that stage of like, man, I don't know anything. I just, it's, it's all overwhelming. It was a really good book because it's a, it's an exercise book as well. So you get to like, you know, do some things and answer some questions. And it really helped me kind of hone in on, you know, what's going to make me happy because that's the main thing is is you need to figure out your values in life what you want out of life because success to you could be i have 50 academies worldwide success to your neighbor could be a million dollars in his bank account so what is success to you and um we really sit down and look and my wife and i and it was like number one for me was family Family's number one. I'm not going to compromise, you know, my drive for business to neglect my kids. Like, it's just not me. Like, that's what, because I, I, I just, kids are, it's just what makes me tick. Um, freedom. Freedom was another one. Like, I want to have the freedom to be able to do things. And that's with, you know, putting the hard work in now. The freedom will come later. Um, so finding out what makes you tick, what drives you, and what your goals are is very important for seeing that big mountain goal and structuring a goal system that's starting with little goals that because when you achieve something you you feel that kind of like inside like yeah I did good I did good but if you always just have that one big goal like you said it could take forever to get there and you and, and it might become just so overwhelming that you're never going to get there and then it just defeats anything else so having those little goals those weekly goals those monthly goals those yearly goals those five year goals is very big um, in achieving and that step ladder up because you see that big goal and then you don't see anything, the path to get there, it can be very, very overwhelming. Uh, what's the name of the author you said? It's Tom Rath. It's a very, very popular book, but it's um, Strength Finder, and I believe there's a Strength Finder 2.0. Like he, he uh, updated the version. Yeah, I'd definitely like to check it out. I mean, I like the, uh, the concept, the idea. Do you, uh, you and your wife sometimes try to read the same book to kind of discuss? Yes. Is, yep. is this one of them? No. Um, yes, this was one of them. Yeah. This was one of them. Um, because my wife and I are very, I mean, lawyer, 
pre-K teacher, very opposite end of the spectrum, different. And it was good for us because what it does is, and back to my what I said in the beginning was about finding your what what you're good at and then maximizing that. Because if finding out what she's good at, finding out what I'm good at, okay, now let's sit down with the business. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, let, let me do this, this, and this. You do this, this, and this. We need someone for this, this, and this because neither of us are good at that. Um, and getting that, forming that team around you and then maximizing on, you know, everyone's strengths. So once we got some good pieces in place at Dogtopia, we then had those people do the strength finder. Let's see what they are. You know, we get to know them. We know them, but let's just see all that and then try to maximize that. And if there isn't some position in, you know, in the, the, the Dogtopia web, let's create a position so that we can maximize their strength make them feel important because today the millennials the way they 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 want to know the process they want to feel important so if they're just another cog in the machine you're not going to get anything out of them so making them feel important and making them engaged and all that sort of stuff that's what they want so that's part of the ad ad adapting is learning you know how to get the most out of your employees how to get the most out of your clients so after Ali and I read this book, we sat down, we did, you know, looked at us as a, as a whole and seeing, okay, here's where we're best at, here's where we're worst at, here's where we need to grow, this, this, and this, and then following up on it. That's the key because you can put it on paper and if you don't look at it and it just sits in the closet, okay, you did something last year. Following up on it, having it visual to look at it every day. So having like behind you, the whiteboards, having your goals written down. I want this monthly goal seeing it, making the staff engaged. So just trying your best to maximize everyone's full potential. Yeah. And it's, man, uh, more and more, I see every year and notice like, how much of the teamwork that is, as far as like husband and wife, like working together, like how important that is. Uh, there's some concepts about the visionary and the integrator. There's someone that is a little more process, you know, uh, related in organizer and structure then the other ones a little bit more like visionary and the ideas and stuff uh and sometimes it's tough to have two visionaries you know what i mean yeah. like, right, someone's got to do something here <laughs> so it's nice to have the balance and one thing too man uh it, it happens it can really happen with entrepreneurs that if both are not on the same page it can really compromise the relationship you know because of the amount of hours to work and all that kind of stuff i i heard um do you know who gary vanderchuk is gary yes. yeah yep. so for people who don't know check him out uh at gary v e e on instagram he's all over as a um, digital marketing expert i got a lot of good concepts for him i i haven't watched his stuff in, in a while, but I, I picked up a lot of good ideas from him. And he said a, a very interesting analogy saying that, okay, if you're an entrepreneur, we're talking about male, you know, but that would be for, for the female listening, this applies the same way. But he's saying like, okay, if you're an entrepreneur, you want your, your partner, your wife, whatever, to be either a cheerleader or a fullback. That means she's either going to be a cheerleader, be like, okay, baby, you go, yeah, go do that. And like, I'm not going to help you with anything as far as I'm not going to pack things for you. That's your dream. That's your job. Go there. But they're there. At least they are supporting. Go ahead. They're positive and so forth. 
good because maybe she has something else, has other goals and other responsibilities, but at least being a cheerleader, like I said, or a fullback that's going to really help to lead the way and then clear things for you and then kind of hope, you know, help you through the process of getting that, that run together, a touchdown, you know, and said, if you don't have a cheerleader or fullback and then you're, you're going to have a problem, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because exactly. if, if you're not going to help you here and you're not going to be positive, like you know, at least, you know, cheerleading in a way, I mean, uh, how this relationship is going to go, you know? So I found, so I, I think about this a lot and it's, it's interesting when you see some of like the relationships that may fall apart. Um, it's hard, that, you know, it's hard. It, it's, it's super hard. I, I do my best. I'm imperfect. Uh, but I do my best to be more aware. I think as I get older, I try to become more and more aware, but I don't think I was very aware, like in my, my early twenties, you know what I mean? Definitely mm-hmm. not. So this is a, a process of, uh, trial and error and making a lot of mistakes and, but, you know, hopefully every year get a little better, you know, but it's it, that find a balance is, is very hard. It is. And you have to work at it because it's like, it's not going to come easy because I mean, you can't be like 20 hours a day, you know, with the person all the time. And, you know, there's not, there's going to be this, there's going to yeah. be that, you know, friction. So you need to find, and that's where you have to work at it. You have to work at, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Let's, and, and setting those goals, finding what's good, finding what works, finding that process. And then life comes in like for us, we got down, we had our first kid during this. So it's our first kid. We just opened a business, you know, we're raising the daughter in the office, you know, that first year's crazy. We really sunk in. We really f- followed our goal sheet, followed everything. Awesome. Got to year two. We were in a good place. She gets pregnant again. So we had our life figured out and everything mm-hmm. there. Bam, she gets pregnant again. So it's like, okay. So now we got to go back to the drawing board. And even though like we had everything figured out, we were, we were pulling on each other's strengths and all that, a variable just came in. So we got to revisit this now. And then like, okay, now that, you know, maybe I need to step back in the father role more because we have another baby. You need to go here, here, and here, because that'd be better for the business. Having that first year of knowing where our strengths were, knowing what our weaknesses were and having the humility. Cause you get a lot of like, even like with uh, my, my, some of my jujitsu buddies, they're like, oh, how come you're with the kid? this past year and she's always there so, because that's what's best for the business and that's what's best for the kids right now in this year so having to take that step back do what's best for the business and the kids it can, it can swipe at the ego a little bit but you got to be willing to yeah. to you know adapt and and see the big picture and see that you know that the picture we're at now is trying to work on the business not in the business so it was, but I said like that after year one, we had everything. We're good. We have everything ready. We know where we're going. We have our schedules and then she gets pregnant and we have baby number two. So mm-hmm. having that ability to adapt on the fly and knowing your strengths made the transition so much easier than, oh, what do we do now? Oh, I guess we're screwed. Blah, 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 blah. So that preparation in that first year really made the second child transition a lot smoother. And that's what jujitsu is about, adapting, consistently mm-hmm. adapting. You're trying to move and you thought that it's going to work. You're like, oops, <laughs> oops. You know, and you just got to figure it out on the fly. So 
Um, so what did you say it's a one habit, a high performance habit that you practice daily? Could it be something very simple? That doesn't matter, it is it, but something you practice daily. Something I do or something that I do every day um, is really, and it just goes back to everything. It's just know your wheelhouse, focus on your wheelhouse and knock it out of the park. So just do what you do good, like in jujitsu. It's great to know as much knowledge, the more knowledge you, you can get, the better. But it, you know, I mean, you're world-class competitor. In competition, you have your three good things you do well and you really practice them. Now you learn and you get information from everywhere like we just talked about and pull as much as you can, but you know your three things you could do good well, make them to where it's just coming off the thing. So every day I know my role in the business and I make sure I hit a couple things in that role in the business, whether it be, you know, so I'm more of the people person on the end, on the end of that. My wife is more of the, the clerical behind the scenes. So if it's getting in a room, talking to a new staff member, asking them, Hey, how was your day? What do you like? Just making them feel that. So I'm that kind of like glue that holds it together. So just focusing on a couple things every day, making sure I do them because once you accomplish them, it gives you that feeling. And then if you don't fall down that slippery slope of, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And then, there's always going to be an excuse, you know? So just making sure, making your lists, checking them off is a very big thing because it visualizes, I can see the X, I can see the line through it. I did that, I did that. And you get that accomplishment feeling. And then those good habits just start leading to where you don't even need to, you know what's going to happen. And then the progression is, is there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, the suggestion that you have for the book that kind of ties with what you just said, the the strength finder. I think it can be like a really good book for a lot of people. I definitely going to do so. I'm going, I'm going to check it out. I mean, really I, I'm pretty decent knowing it, you know, like my strength, of course, I'm going to be learning stuff there. You know, I kind of got some of the stuff that, uh, that I know that, uh, naturally I gravitate towards, but, uh, I'll be doing some study on that book too. Um, so what did you say, what did you say is the best advice you've ever received? in any moment of your life, jujitsu, life, business? Um, one that always sticks with me is starve the distractors. So starve the things, starve that negative voice in your head, starve the, I, well, only if I had this, or starve all the negative distractions because all that's going to do is bring you down. So when you start starving those things and you pay them no attention and you focus on all the things that you need to focus on, it makes it so much easier. So just, I just focus on be great. Be great at what you do, no matter if it's picking up garbage every day, teaching kids, owning a business. Be great, be passionate, and don't let the distractions overwhelm you. Don't even give them, pay them any mind. Because once those little bad thoughts get in your head, it's just a slow fall, and it's just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And you can choose that. Like we just talked about, you can choose to see the bad in everything, or you can choose to see the good in anything. So once you starve those, the, those things that you have no control over, that you can't control those circumstances, it's just a, an endless horizon in your future. But if you focus on those things, you're only going to have the negative and it's always going to be in here and you're never going to be able to break through. So that was a really big thing because that first year it was the pity party. It's like, oh man, we were told we were going to spend this much. Now we're spending this much. Oh, we were going to tell we have this help. 
and all that stuff. Once we just said, you know what? Screw it all. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to look forward to. This is, you know, and having like my kids, it's like, this is what we're doing it for. You know, screw everything else. And that's when it really started to just take up. So just starve the distractors. And to do that, it's very important uh, is the number one pillar of emotional intelligence, which is self-awareness. You have mm -hmm. to catch yourself. You gotta, and it's practice. It really is. It's 24-7 work yep. of catching yourself when the negative wave is coming. Because if you don't, and that's when it's said to get in a spiral. And it's practice. I honestly, I, I only started doing this type of work about 10 years ago. And because I, my self-awareness wasn't as good to be able to, to, to catch, I'm not saying that prevented from me going after, I mean, it did prevent from going after certain things. I, uh, I would say maybe in my life, I don't know. But, um, and it's not only having the self-awareness, but the second pillar, which is the, the self-regulation, which is manage that awareness, that thought, because maybe you'd be like, oh, wow, I can see it. I can see all the negative thoughts you know, that in my head right now, I'm not going to do anything about it, but I can see it. You know, so it's, yes, number one, having the self-awareness to catch yourself or like, oh, wow, I'm tripping. And then self-regulate and self-manage that thought into like, no, man, uh, reframe that thought and then focus on, on a positive. But this is uh, for people who train jujitsu. This is something that I've been sharing with a JJ Metal coach or for competing. That's exactly how that is. You know, you're in a, warm-up area and then all the negative thoughts start to pop up and you start questioning yourself and then get in a spiral by the time you you get centered you know it's like the match is over and you're like what happened you know what I mean it was like boo, 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 boo. like you can't believe I already competed and I was just in a different zone so being able to catch yourself with that and self like self man self-regulate those thoughts which is not easy a lot of practice no it's it was hard for me there i mean one of the big things that allowed me to get that is having like having the good team having my wife being able to call me out on it because you see the bad stuff but it's in here so if you don't vocalize it or you don't call yourself out on it or say hey you know this it's just like you said you see it but what am i going to do about it so for me, a big thing was having my wife be able to like, listen, this part right here, we need to like, and actually then it's like, you know, it's vocalized, it's on the table and we have to deal with it because if you don't deal with it, like you said, it's just going to spiral down. And then by the time it's in, it's too late. So having a good partner, having that strong team is huge for the accountability. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to your younger self when you are, let's say... I don't know, maybe you're like 21 years old or maybe went about like you're finishing college and you could go back and just give a little advice to your younger self. Not that you want anything different, you know, because you, you are where you're at. But I'm just saying like after your journey, looking back, some of the things you're like, oh, wow, I had no clue. You know, so uh, anything that uh, advice that you say to your younger self? I would say stay focused and don't be afraid to ask for help. Because at that 20-year-old age, you know everything. You don't need any help in this. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask for help. There are people that know way more than you do. So reach out to those people when you're in a time. Because for me, I was very introverted in that sense. So I kept everything in. 
and everything just in and festered and nobody wants to hear my problem. I don't want to burden anybody. And I think that if I got that off my chest vocally or whatever, through whatever, it would have made me had a clarity sooner than I did. So not change anything, just change the mindset. Um, but it's hard to do when you're 20 because you don't, you know, you're, you're in that phase in life where, you know, you just, you know, everything and you're having a good time and you're figuring things out. Mm -hmm. And, but just the ability to ask for help more or just that would have opened my mind up now to where it's at now a lot sooner. Yeah, you know, like I say, the emotional maturity process never ends. You know, as long as you're yeah, five, because exactly. when you're 15, you're like, I'm mature. When you're 20, I'm mature. <laughs> when you're 25, I'm mature. We're always mature. You know, but reality is like uh, the process doesn't end. You know what I mean? No, no. And I tried to help a staff member out uh, recently that was going through some stuff. And I'm like, listen, man, I've been through it all. You can ask me. You can ask me. And they're a big person. They're going to make their decisions. So, when they made the bad decision, I was like, man, why wouldn't they have listened to me? And then I just had to reflect. I'm like, 21-year-old Josh. I'm like, I wouldn't have listened to me. I'd be like, all right, man, I got you, man. I, I'm good. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do it. And then just like, you know, and then you, and then you, and then you talk to them like, listen, you know, been there, done that. Don't be afraid to ask me. And they're like, well, yeah, but I didn't want you to think about that. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to judge you. I'm just here to, if I can stop you from some stuff that I did, and save you from that, that'd be great. I mean, who doesn't want to have to not, you know, you're still, like I said, you're still have your bumps, but so it was one of those things where I was like, man, but I wouldn't listen to myself either. And that's that maturation process you just talked about in your twenties. And, you know, hopefully you get there and hopefully you learn from your mistakes and you don't repeat them too many times. And then life. Yeah. I mean, this, my son is 19 and some of the times I tell him like, um, Probably you don't want to listen to what I have to say, but some of the stuff like, trust me, you're not. Life will teach you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Life, and I, I mean, uh, there's so much that people can, like you said, you know, I was 21, and I wouldn't listen to a lot of stuff from people, you know. So, like, don't worry, life will teach you. You know, and I think it's important to just like for you to be there and for me to be there, just to know. Listen, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're ready you can talk to me and I'll give you straight answers and I'll give you that advice that, you know, maybe you don't feel comfortable with talking to your parents. Cause I didn't, I didn't have anyone. Like I didn't want to talk to my parents cause I don't, it's one of those things that you're at that age. I didn't have anyone to talk to, you know, truthfully about my fears and that sort of stuff. So having that person there, I think opens up a lot for those types of people that, you know, let everything fester inside. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting close to the end of the interview. So for people who are listening for the first time, usually what I do after the interview, I go and I edit, I reflect on what is said, and then I create an, an audio from five to 12 minutes called the final thoughts where I share my takeaway and hopefully can inspire and impact and improve your life in some way. So the interview part is pretty easy because you're the one giving me the content, not, you know, so that is easy for me. I just need to ask the questions. Editing is pretty easy. Now the part of content creating, that's the part that is hard because I want to make sure that I create something that if you're listening and be like, man, good stuff, you know? So uh, most likely for this one, I'm ready because during the interview, I already started thinking about it. I'm probably going to do some, some research on the book. You know, this another great book I was going to tell you um, is uh, that I just finished. It's called Purple Cow. 
I heard, is that uh, Seth Golden? Or? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Great book. I mean, about, about just like we were talking about adapting, mm -hmm. about how, you know, and it's all marketing because it's one of the things that I, I'm not versed in. So I need to learn. So that's what I've been trying to read as many marketing books. And it was really good because it was, you know, about, and I had the wrong mentality. I had the mentality of safe is good. Safe is good. That safe job is good. That's security. But that safe job is what's never going to let you progress. And that's what's going to hurt the business. So the purple cow was, you need to be spectacular. You need to be you need to have a spectacular product. You need to be spectacular. And it went over a lot of the stuff that didn't work back in the day where television, uh, radio and all that stuff. Now it's Facebook ads and Instagram ads. So knowing how to best spend your money, how to focus your money on the clients that you want because it's a specific product really kind of was like, wow, really I picked up a lot of good stuff from that book and I'm excited to implement the stuff. Um, yeah, no, he, he got uh, great material. You know, I yeah. follow some of his stuff too, read some of his books. Um, he got, you know, really good ideas and, and concepts is uh, definitely really good. Yeah. So what are you currently excited about or what's going on? Um, I'm, I'm excited about 2020. So uh, BJJ wise, uh, I knew 2019 was going to be rough as far as competing because of the second child. And I was going to spend the majority of the time here with them and with my wife working and having, you know, a three-year-old as well. You know, you, I might be able to squeeze out to an Orlando event, but really focused on getting through 2019, getting Oliver, my son's in school now. So 2020, I'm going to compete a bunch. So I'm excited for Master Worlds. So I'm, I've already, and listen, I want to thank you again for your book. Your book is phenomenal. And it really kind of was what I needed because, you know, starting that BJJ journey, you know, mm -hmm. I, I started at 39. Mm -hmm. So just getting the mindset and, you know, reviewing some, it was, I really appreciate the book, but, but I'm excited for Master Worlds. I'm excited for competing, um, you know, knock on wood for health wise. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm really excited because I feel my jujitsu game is, you know, it's growing and, and I'm just really, you know, I think I'm ready in a mindset and physically ready uh, because I'm really BJJ saved my life. Like I, I really, I was 265 pounds wow. when I started 39 years old, I was sitting on my couch and I was just like breathing heavy and just like, man, I, and thinking like, be great was a book by uh, Peter Thomas. Um, one you might want to check out is, and it, and it was like, that's where I got the value system from. And it's like, kids are number one. Well, if I can't be there for my kid, if I can't play with my kid, if I can't bend over, if I'm this, like, what am I doing? So I lost 65 pounds in one year wow. and, and BJJ and, and just, you know, in the best shape of my life. And then in the, in the last two years, just really focused on getting that. What am I good at? You know, big guy, what am I good at? Focusing on that. And then getting that mental state and getting your body like battle tested and, and, you know, and, and be still being able in 2019 to train six days a week. Um, but, you know, just getting my body ready for, I knew 2020 was the year I wanted to compete. So I'm really excited um, for 2020 for, for, for competing um, on a personal level. I'm excited to just see my kids grow up really kind of cool to see. Uh, I have uh, Oliver, uh, my professor Rodrigo um, had just had his son, same age, Miguel Hobson had the twins. 
so Raiden. So all of our kids are kind of the same age. So I'm just excited to see that next phase of like all the kids in there and uh, kind of that next generation. It's kind of neat because watching them grow up and BJJ, the, the school is like a family. So, you know, you get to know all the kids and I mean, I naturally like kids, so I'm in there with them, but really excited to see that next step of, you know, when all those kids are going to be together and, uh, and neat. And then, and then business-wise, uh, working on the business, not in the business. So excited for 2020. Uh, we should be our projections. We should be the largest dog daycare in the U.S. after 2020. Right on. Um, really have done well. And now we put the time and we put the effort in. We've delegated because that was hard for Allie, my wife, just letting go of the baby. You have to, you have to, you, if you're going to have people in that position, you have to let go. You have to give them and no one's going to do it like you and no one's going to care like you, but you got to let them grow. So we really have done that this past year and now 2020 working on the business, not in the business. And that's with like, like that purple cow, but just learning the marketing and maybe being involved on that end of it where we have a marketer now and just really what can we do to grow it rather than be in it. Right on. So it's been a great interview. Actually, at the the end or maybe beginning of March, I was talking to Hobson uh, last week, uh, a few days ago. I'm going to be in Tampa for a few days. Uh, oh, nice. My son, maybe like three days or so. So maybe I'd love to go there and check it out. Check out the. Yeah, the we're. I mean, you come over. We're 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 right there. And that's. I mean, it's been a blessing because it's just everything had worked out for me in the jujitsu journey of like it's right in the plaza. Our classes at the same nap time as the dog. So, I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better for me. But, um, no, please come by anytime. Yes, sir. All righty. Thank you so much, Josh. Appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you yeah. so much. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Oos. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Josh McLean. If you're listening just to the final thoughts on Instagram at Gustavo Dantas BJJ, Josh is a blue belt from Hobsomora and the owner of Dogtopia of West Chase, a dog daycare located in Tampa, Florida. He talked about being passionate about your business. He shared the struggles that he and his wife found at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey. My takeaway from the interview was when he shared about the book Strength Finder 2.0 by Tom Rath. And he said, find what makes you tick, find your strengths and focus on it, which inspired me to title this episode, Find Your Strength. I've done a couple of different assessments before, but I decided to buy the audiobook, which comes with a code to take your personalized Clifton strength from Gallup. The report tells the complete story of what makes uniquely powerful and helps you to discover how to use your most dominant Clifton strength to maximize your potential. According to the Gallup website, the Clifton Strength Finder is the culmination of more than 50 years of Dr. Donald Clifton's lifelong work, which led to more than 10 million people worldwide discovering their strengths. Here's a brief description of the assessment. Quote, all people have a unique combination of talents, knowledge and skills, strengths that they use in their daily lives to do their work, achieve their goals and interact with others. Gallup has found that when people understand and apply their strengths, the effect on their lives and work is transformational. People who use their strengths every day are six times more likely to be engaged in their work and three times more likely to say they have an excellent quality of life. Yet, 
many people don't know what their strengths are or have the opportunity to use them to their advantage. In fact, many people tend to focus on fixing their weaknesses. By exploring the ways in which you naturally think, feel, and behave, Clifton Strength Finder can identify and build on the areas where you have infinite potential to grow and succeed. Unquote. The assessment measures the presence of 34 talent themes. Talents are people's naturally recurring patterns of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productively applied. The more dominant a theme is in a person, the greater the theme's impact on that person's behavior and performance. The assessment takes 20 to 30 minutes to complete. If you choose to buy the audiobook, which I paid $6.99 for it, you'll be able to access your top five strengths. And to have access to your 34 themes, you need to pay an extra $39.99. Since I was creating content about this topic, I bought the extra results, but I feel that the top five can give you a good idea of the concepts in your strengths. My top five were Achiever, Activator, Relator, Intellection, and Learner. In each one, there's a description on how to relate to your life. For example, this is a quick description of one of my top one, Achiever. Quote, People exceptionally talented in the Achiever theme work hard and possess a great deal of stamina. They take immense satisfaction in being busy and productive, unquote. They get a lot more into it. They even have videos as well. Personally, I felt the assessment was spot on. By the way, most of the information that I'm sharing with you, I just copy and paste it because they can explain a lot better than I do. With that said, my goal is to introduce you to this tool. And if you're curious enough, you can explore more. The premise of the book is that we spend too much time focusing on our weaknesses and trying to make them stronger rather than recognizing our strengths and trying to capitalize on them. Basically, they present the idea that each person's talents are enduring and unique. In other words, they were born with them and will always have them. Also, each person's greatest room for growth is in their area of greatest strength. Are you familiar with the entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk? If not, he is a digital marketing expert with great free content online. When you have a chance, check him out on Instagram or any other social media at Gary V-E-E. -E. He always talks about betting all you got on your strengths and not focusing on your weaknesses. I'm going to share with you an audio from the Evan Carmichael's YouTube channel. It's a great channel with over 2 million subscribers. He posts clips from successful entrepreneurs and influential people who have inspiring messages to share. Also, he gives his two cents on the topic as well. In this audio, there is a short Gary Vaynerchuk clip talking about betting on your strengths followed by Evan's message, and three more bonus clips with Tim Ferriss, Steve Harvey, and Sofia Amoroso. Check it out. You need to bet on your strengths and don't give a fuck about what you suck at. You're gonna, way too many people in this room are gonna spend the next 30, 40 years of their lives trying to check the boxes of the things that they're not as good at and that you're gonna waste a load of time and lose. I highly recommend auditing yourself or if you have no empathy or EQ or self-awareness, then find somebody in your family or friendship that does and let them tell you who you are. And once you believe that, either for yourself or someone else told you, go directly all chips all into that because that is the only possible way, in my opinion, watching from the outside, that is, let me rephrase, that is a very highly likely way of over-indexing because the truth is, if you wanna be an anomaly, you've gotta act like one. You know, like, and so, that's it, that's what I got, so thanks for having me. <laughs>
So this is a great story that I've told before, but I love it, so I want to tell it again about this rabbit who goes to animal school. And as he's going to animal school, he learns all the skills that he needs to learn to be a successful animal when he grows up. And at the end of the first year, he gets his report card. And on that report card, he scores an A plus in hopping. And he's scoring an F in swimming. And so his parents come home and they look at the report card and they start shaming him. They say, look at how are you failing in swimming? You're a disgrace to the family. You gotta get trained. We're gonna hire you coaches and extra practice after school and we're gonna make sure that you do really well on swimming. You're really good at hopping, so don't worry about that. Just focus on the swimming. And so for the next year, he's focused and focused and focused on swimming and getting better and better and better at it. And in the process, he forgot how to hop. And as for the swimming, have you ever seen a bunny that swam? And so this is the mindset that I think a lot of people fall into where we get our report cards from school or from life and we feel that we're weak in certain areas and our default solution for some reason is we need to work on fixing those weaknesses. We want to be a well-rounded individual. And what ends up happening is you become mediocre at everything and those things that you potentially can be world-class, genius-level talent at, you don't do. That's not how you have success as an entrepreneur. If you try to do everything and you only spend 5% of your time doing the thing that you could be great at, you're always going to be mediocre. You're never going to get the results that you want. Success in business will come from you focusing on what you can be amazing at, world class at, and spending as much time doing that as possible. And the rest, you eliminate, you automate, or you delegate. And as quickly as possible, you want to figure out how can I build a team around me to complement my weaknesses so I can go all in on what I'm great at. If I look at my YouTube channel, at the start I did everything, and I'm a big believer in doing everything to get things rolling. I hate spending money till I'm making money. But the first move that I made was to hire an editor for my channel because I wasn't great at editing. I had no interest in it. It was not something that I ever wanted to be world-class level at. And getting that editor allowed me to go from one video a week to one video a day. Seven times my output by hiring that one person and allowed me to spend more time on what I was great at and wanted to improve at. And so when you see people complaining about their weaknesses, I'd encourage you to think and explain to them, don't worry about it. What are you good at? And spend as much time there as possible. When you're doing a self-analysis, look at what do you have the ability to be world-class, Michael Jordan level talent at and then how do you spend 80% of your day, every day, doing that work? So the question today today is, I'm curious, what is your greatest strength? You need to know what your unique strengths are and be willing to delegate. So I would say that the question of whether you should take a skill, learn it yourself, delegate it to someone else or hire a new team member are determined by having a very accurate self-assessment and assessment of your team's skills. Not only what you can do, but what you should be doing. That's very important. So if, if you're a startup CEO or founder and you have a team of say two to ten people, as soon as you have funds to hire, you should not be focused on the things that you are bad at. Sounds very, very intuitive, but it's not because you might have enough time to do those things, but the question is do you have the attention to dedicate to those things so they're not an interruption. Uh, especially if you're a venture-backed startup and you're competing against other companies that also have a lot of funding, uh, the, game, the game and the race goes to the swift, so you have to have, you have, to have a lot of velocity.
you talk about managing your strengths. I know one of my weak points in my personal life is I don't like technical stuff. So even though I have to be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, I don't care for that. So guess what? I find somebody who loves to do that. You know, I find somebody who has a strength where I have a weakness and I partner with them. All you're trying to do is get to the goal. No one gets there by themselves. Everybody needs help. Now, when you know what you got going for you, be confident, not cocky. Managing your strengths, knowing what they are, and don't let nobody talk you out of it. And that gets you fight ready. You get fight ready like that. You got to know you. Helps you develop your skills. A girl boss, a girl boss is someone who, um, I guess, takes charge of like her own life. So it's a girl boss or a guy boss. It's someone who um, knows their weaknesses and knows what their strengths are and knows how to play to their strengths. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there, and I've interviewed a lot of them, who um, my favorite interview question is, name your biggest strength and your biggest weakness, or what do you have to work on? And the scariest people are the ones who say, like, I show up early, it's my biggest weakness. Or, like, I work too much, it's my biggest weakness. And, you know, everybody has things that they can improve upon, and I think um, a world where everybody is more aware of that um, is a good one, and a place where people can be empowered to um, make choices in their life, rather than throw themselves into places that they may not inherently be successful because the world has sold them some story of what they should be doing. Um, so I guess a girl boss is someone who's in choice. Now, what about you? As Evan Carmichael said, what is your greatest strength? If you're not sure, it's okay. Maybe give it a try to one of these strength finder assessments. But if you already know, I like Evan's suggestion. Spend 80% of your time on your strengths. Find your strength and execute them. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, but the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.